Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or visit amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free and catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Lauren Interviews Podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Conlin. Hope everyone is doing great on this Monday. It's a holiday weekend. Yay, it's the week of July 4th. I'm going to be doing some hopefully fun stuff with uh, my family, and I hope everyone else is going to do the same or whatever makes you happy. So let's talk about some pop culture stuff before we get into today's episode. It looks like Ryan Seacrest has been tapped to be the new host of Wheel of Fortune. So I was rooting for Mario Lopez. I really love him and I wanted him. I like Ryan Seacrest though. He's totally fine. It's interesting. People on TikTok, um, I posted a TikTok about this and people on TikTok were like, oh, Ryan Seacrest is so money hungry. I don't like him. And it got me thinking like, what is money hungry? Couldn't that be considered ambitious? He does work a lot. He's a radio host. He's a television host. You know, he did Kelly and Ryan forever. I mean, he is working for his money. So I don't know if that is to be considered money hungry, but that's just something to think about. I, I happen to think that it's ambitious. But anyway, and uh, I started going down these weird conspiracy theory rabbit holes about the submarine. And and I don't know. I'm one of those people that I don't think the memes are super funny because it's someone's life or lives. And, you know, these people all had families and I found it to be so scary. I can't even imagine being down there. And I'm when I read that the one billionaire son had reservations and was super scared, but went to make his dad happy for Father's Day. Oh my gosh, that just wrecked me. But anyway, I got a few uh, DMs on TikTok like, oh, don't you realize the submarine was sabotaged so the media could uh, distract us from all the news like, you know, the Epstein news and and JP Morgan settled for two hundred ninety million dollars with all the Epstein victims and blah, blah, blah. So I was like, oh, wow. That is an interesting take. I definitely think I need my tinfoil hat for that. And and you guys know, I'm I'm uh, a, a fan of conspiracies. I like hearing them. But that that one I thought was a little bit far fetched. Uh, but let's get to today's episode and our guest for today, Robert K. Voice. He is the former chief of detectives for the NYPD, and he now stars in a show on Oxygen or Oxygen True Crime. It airs Saturdays, 9 p.m. Um, Eastern, and he basically takes us through all of these horrific 
New York City crimes that he, um, you know, worked on throughout his years as chief of detectives. And a lot of it does focus on the victim's family and helping them. So he was really interesting to talk to. And I was so just surprised because in my head, I was going to ask him about the specific case that he brings up. He brings up the case of Karina Vetrano. If you don't know that case in New York City, it's just heartbreaking. She was this beautiful girl that um, would jog with her dad. She lived in Queens in Howard Beach, but she did a nightly jog with her dad every night. And one night her dad couldn't make it. He was sick or he hurt his ankle or something like that. So she went alone and um, they, they did find her in the woods, unalive, beaten, raped. It was horrible. And a lot of people on the internet don't believe that they found the actual killer who is now in prison. It's Chanel Lewis. And that to me is a touchy subject because I, you know, the victim's family is probably like, what are you guys talking about? We, we have the guy who did it. Like, don't mess with our heads. I mean, it must be awful. So yeah, I, I bring this up and, uh, detective or chief Boyce says, oh no, this is the evidence we had. So this is pretty much indisputable evidence. And I'm like, oh, actually, wow, you're right. You know, the, the internet needs to hear this and watch, watch this episode. So that episode aired, I believe June 30th, because we, uh, we talked on Friday and he, uh, was referring to the episode airing Saturday, but now it's Monday. So it aired two days ago or three days ago, whatever. And you can find it on, um, oxygen on demand at this point. But yeah. So, all right. Let me uh, stop yapping and then play my interview with Robert Boyce. Most weight loss plans are one size fits all, not taking into account each person's individual needs. Noom is built for your psychology and your biology, meeting you where you are. Noom weight uses psychology. That's why they say losing weight starts with your brain. But it also takes into account your unique biological factors, which also affect weight loss success. The program helps you understand the science behind your eating choices and why you have cravings. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available for pre-order wherever books are sold. And here's your prescription. I know just the pharmacy to get this filled. Who are you? A pharmacy benefit manager. A middleman your insurer uses to decide which medicines you can get, what you pay, and sometimes even which pharmacy you should go to. Why can't I go to a pharmacy in my neighborhood? Because I make more money when you go to a pharmacy I own. (laughs) No one should stand between you and your medicine. Visit phrma.org slash middleman to learn more. Paid for by Pharma. Hi, Robert. Hi, Lauren. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for asking. This show on Oxygen, New York Homicide, this looks like it's going to be my favorite show ever. I got to tell you. So (laughs) I'm very excited. Thanks so much for saying that. I appreciate it. Yeah, of course. Now, I I know the description. I've watched uh, some of the previews. There's, it's... New York City murders, right? I, I'm assuming it's the city because that's most likely where the murders happen. Am I right? That's correct. It's all the NYPD investigated homicides. That's correct. Okay. So I see uh, an upcoming episode is the Almost Perfect Crime and the Fifth Avenue Penthouse Lane. Can you tell me about one of those just to hook in these listeners? 
Well, this this uh, matter is of uh, Linda it was two weeks ago, and um, oh, she was okay. a, a tremendous New Yorker. I think that's what you're talking about. It's, yes, um, and she was a um, relative to the stars. She was also once the um, a manager for the Ramones, which if you you're into rock and roll, yes, you know who they are. Yeah, uh, yeah, a lot of faith. Tough case, and um, it was a real head scratcher. So we had to figure out exactly who had access to that apartment, and that was no small issue. All done in a, really a media frenzy. Uh, yeah. So the detectives had to walk through it every day, and they, they were actually following my te- detectives down the street when they were leaving. <laughs> the wow, it's got to be really, really intense. But that's my job as the chief of detectives. I'm supposed to take all that media uh, attention and put it on myself, and, and I'll, I'll be the conduit to them. And that's what I did as chief of detectives. Right. So, and yeah, just for everyone listening, Robert um, was the chief of detectives for the NYPD for 35 years. So you actually worked on these cases and you, you witnessed everything that, you know, went down. A lot of the cases I did. And if I didn't, I knew the detectives who did. And so, wow. and, and we, we were friendly with them. So, so that's, and, wow. and I'll tell you, a lot of them wanted, wanted to get involved and tell you and tell them, Tell the audience what they've done and how they what they were going through at the time and the uh, the pivot the agility of, of thought uh, to understand that you run into a, a stone wall you just yeah. move you go in the direction you go with the execute, and that's what's important. Yeah, right. I mean, I'm I'm shocked right now. I I guess I didn't realize. I thought. I mean, I assumed you maybe worked on some of the cases, but you have a real connection to all of this. So that that must be a little weird for you going from you know. NYPD chief of detectives to being on an oxygen true crime show <laughs> and doing all these interviews. You must be like, I'm not really uh, equipped to do this, but okay, here I am. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny. It's a great point. Just you said, Lauren, uh, you, you really have to, you really have to be a little bit of everything as a police yeah. officer to be, to be a good communicator. <laughs> mm-hmm. And you really do. You find yourself mitigating issues in daily lives, all kinds of, you know, responding to, you know, helping people out. So you, you understand that. That, it's, uh, yeah. that you have to be able to reimagine in, in, in an instant sometimes. So that's yeah. what this was. Uh, it really, really, I really wanted to tell the story of the families, the victims' families. They break your heart when you watch oh. them. You know, and, and, and that's what's, that's what drives you as an investigator, helping that family get some kind of information, a measure of justice. It's not a full measure because they never get their victims, their, their loved ones back, but mm-hmm. something they, they, can, they can put to bed. And that's, that's what this is all about, this whole endeavor. Yeah. Did, is, is there, um, is there a case that ha- really stuck with you? I'm sure that's kind of a cliche question, but is there anything that you just can't seem to shake to this day? Well, I, you know, we're, we're doing a case this Saturday and I'm not, mm-hmm. it's not a pump up for this Saturday, but, but it's one of the most biggest cases I had during my mm-hmm. tenure. It's the, it's the murder of Karina Petrano, beautiful young woman. From Wait, Queens, went out I, I, I'm sorry to interrupt you. I was going to ask you about that. Are you kidding? From in, the runner in Howard Beach, right? It is, and it's, it's on this Saturday. And um, <sighs> and I worked the case in, intensely. I remember the summer heat where it happened August second, yeah. two thousand sixteen. The date res, resonates with me to this day. I'll never forget it. Yeah. So it's it's one of those cases that we really worked very hard, and um, and it took us six months to the day to solve the case. So it's uh, to the it happened. We solved it February second. 2017. Mm. So that I remember going through that six months up and being told by certain people that you'll never solve this crime. And the detectives always believed they would. And we did. And so, and, and a tremendous amount of evidence collected both before and after the arrest. 
and that's important to see too. It's the there's the work to do after the arrest to bring additional yeah. evidence on, you know, into the case. Important as well. We're seeing that in Idaho State right now, those murders out there. That you um, that the case, the work only really, really just begins with the arrest. You mm-hmm. go in deeply into the case and pull up uh, right. new evidence on on that person. So, okay. So this is so interesting. This is random. I live, I live in Manhattan. I was actually, I, so during the pandemic, I had some time and I wanted to start a true crime podcast about New York city. So I wrote this entire episode about, um, Harina and I randomly ran into her, like her ex-boyfriend. It was so random at a bar and it just, it kind of fueled me to go back to the episode and write it. So I was looking into um, some things and, you know, I mean, a lot of people don't believe that Chanel Lewis is the guy. I'm sure you're aware of that. Of course. And I, I was always afraid it would come down to race and it had nothing to do with race. This was sexual assault. And we proved it time and time again. Mm-hmm. Um, and the evidence is what carries. Race. And here's the thing about DNA, uh, Lauren, it, yeah. it, it, it's, it's irrefutable and it's unbiased. It is free of human error. So that's <laughs> the whole thing. This is a DNA case. This is a this is an evidence-based investigation. Mm. You can't explain any other way but his DNA on her, her, her fingernails. And you have to understand the savage beating that, that she took, Karina took. Oh. I'm talking about savage. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and when I walk out, I don't see that person as anything, you know, anything uh, sympathetic at all. Yeah. I see him dead because I have him on a video mm. admitting to the crime and also telling us about that crime that we didn't release. We call oh. it qualifying. We don't release it. That's the case. He told us that on a videotape confession. So we knew it was our person. We knew it was, a, it, it was him all, you know, once, once we ID'd, ID'd him, which was a whole other part of the case, uh, we knew we had our person that did it. And he admitted he, to it. Yeah. People should hear, hear all this. Cause I feel like the people that might not be totally convinced, I mean, that what you just said is like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. He's saying things that were not even released that nobody would know unless they were there. And that, I mean, that, that's kind of like the same as DNA. I mean, it's not the same as DNA, but to me, it kind of is like, okay, that's irrefutable. But yeah, that it's so funny. It's not funny, but you just said this. I'm like, wow, I just was going over this the other day. I cannot believe that. That's crazy. Now, did you work uh, with uh, Bernie Carrick and, and Mayor Giuliani during 9-11 and everything? I did. I was, I, uh, you know, I was a precinct up commander at the time in the South Bronx and we spent, we worked seven days a week, 12 hours a day. Uh, for four months after after nine one one, I remember wow. going down. My job was 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 keeping the crime scene going, which is a tremendous, huge crime scene as you can well imagine. Started Chamber Street, and we shrunk mm-hmm. we uh, shrunk it from there. Um, so yes, I was there, you know, the, the entire time, and I uh, went down there as well. Fortunately, I survived. Others didn't, and wow. um, and others are still paying that price, dying by cancer. Uh, so we see it all the time. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you so much. I feel like I I just, everyone who, um, risked their lives and were so brave to go down there. I still, I think about them every day. Um, and again, I know it's maybe because I live here and I just, it, it really seeing the what's going on in this city right now. Um, it just, it makes me sad, I guess, because back then I felt like New Yorkers were like one and everybody was so wonderful to each other because of the tragedy that, you know, that everyone went through that, you know, it just felt, it felt like there was some camaraderie. And I just, I, right now it's just horrible here. It's in my opinion. And I live on the Upper East Side. So for me to say that it's kind of, I feel like it's, it's big, you know. Well, the whole generation didn't experience it. And I, I taught, yeah. um, 
terrorism at a, at a local university. And, and I had you know, kids who knew about it, but they really didn't know the ins and outs of it. And, uh, yeah. and they were great. They, you know, they soaked it up all about how the long days and long nights, you know, and the contributing things that happened, how the city responded to it, how we were all one for that time. For that first six months or a year, we were all one. The whole city was thought the same way. That may never happen yeah. again. I hope it does, this doesn't happen again. Remember how, how we quickly just aligned with each other and took care of each other. That's what's important. Yeah. Yeah. I, exactly. I agree. And I, I, I definitely, um, want to thank you again, but you are, you are so great. Uh, detective voice. This is, this is wonderful. Sorry. It's chief voice. I'm so bad with that stuff. (laughs) Forgive me. Forgive me. Well, thank you so much for, for joining me. And is there anything else that you want to plug or you want to share maybe your social media handles for people? I just want to just really the Karina Vitrano case is this Saturday. I think everybody should watch it and get the real answers to this thing. Put the social media stuff to bed. And that, okay. that's and that whole thing and how hard the detectives. And the most important people in these shows are the victims' families. You see them, for, you know, you see them in their grief and you emphasize. And that's what drives detectives to work hard. That's what I want to leave everybody with. I love it. Well, thank you so much. You're, you're, you've done amazing work and you're doing amazing work. Thanks so much, Lauren. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Bye. All right, everyone. Well, I am going to run, not walk to watch this show. I can't believe I hadn't heard of it. I feel like, I don't know. Is it because it's oxygen and I don't watch oxygen anymore? I mean, I sometimes I do. I watch it on Hulu, I guess, and I love true crime. So yeah, I'm just, I'm surprised I haven't heard of it, but I know for a fact, it's going to be my new favorite show. I like to watch that type of stuff when I'm like, I don't know, doing things around the house or washing dishes or whatever, because I don't want to fully focus on it because I just also read an article that if you relax to true crime, you're like a legit psycho. Um, Yeah, raise your hand. (laughs) Anyway, uh, all right, guys, thank you for listening. I um, was thinking about taking a couple weeks off. I think I'll have another episode for you next week, but if I don't, I'll be back the next week. Um, But I will be taking, yeah, a few weeks off this summer, okay? I feel like it's only fair. (laughs) Anyway, thanks for listening. Until next time.